Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is is this the, the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you landed here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because he's done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more, and even NFL preseason. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Chief Concerns Post Game Show on Bleacher Report. I'm Marcus Dash here with Tasia Dash. Um, legendary Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn will not be joining us today. Um, but big game, finally in the win column, a big time win. Um, obviously it wasn't without some hiccups and some, and some hitches in the, on the way there to this win, but nonetheless, uh, come out 17 to nine win against a team that a lot of people are saying could be the, uh, the team to come out of the AFC or maybe uh vie for the AFC spot in the uh, Super Bowl um, this year. But so obviously defense looked phenomenal. I know last week, a lot of people talked about the defense looking great against Detroit without Chris Jones, only allowing them to score 14 points, Detroit. Scored 31 today against Seattle. Um, defense scored 14 points uh, today um, or uh, last week against us. But then Chris Jones comes in, obviously does his thing, shows why he's worth all the money that he wants. Um, and I think he's if he if he plays like this all throughout the season, and he's making a big case to stick around in Kansas City for as long as he wants to, or however however long he wants to stick around. Um, but so yeah, let's begin with the with the good from this game. Obviously, we can po- point out a lot of bad. Obviously, the show's chief concerns. We can talk about a lot of concerns. But the big thing is defense, um, and it looks like I know last week we talked about who was more, who, who's probably more impactful to the team, Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. Everyone said, well, obviously uh, Travis Kelsey is because the offense looked awful this week, and the defense looked great without Chris Jones. Well, this week Kelsey was back. Offense looked like you know it still needs some fine tuning. Um, Chris Jones comes in and adds to what the defense already looked like last week. They only allowed 14 points last week. Chris Jones comes in, they wrecked havoc. And my takeaway is, and this is the takeaway we always have every year with the Chiefs, is as long as the defense can look good, this team's got this team's going to the age of championship game regardless. But mm-hmm. right now, it looks like the defense is the, the real deal of this team, and offense is just kind of fluttering. But if the offense, and it will, find its sweet spot and get clicked, I think they'll be pretty good this year because um, the defense looks like it's the best it's ever been in the Patrick Mahomes era. What are your thoughts on the defense? What are your thoughts on the way Chris Jones looked and the way the kind of defense is playing through the first two games of the season? Yeah, it's almost like it's flip-flop now. Now it's like if the offense just doesn't turn the ball over, it almost sounds like the old like Alex Smith days. A deep, let the defense play really good or the strength of our team and then let just the offense not turn the ball over, have a competent you know, uh, a running clock, 
and then we'll win the game if we game manage, right? But now we have Mahomes in doing that, which is even better. Um, the defense was outstanding. I'd say um, Chris Jones was definitely missed. They didn't play bad last week by any means. They didn't play bad. So we've only allowed two touchdowns all season, two games, right? Yeah. So they have not been playing bad at all. That's 10 pass defend, uh, defended and I think, what, uh, seven sacks in, in two games? Yep. Um, I mean, they looked – our line looked great. We're still missing Omenihu. Um, Our linebackers were all over the field. Tranquil was a beast. Um, Bolton was a beast. They're just Sneed looked like he needed that one preseason game, uh, which was week one, and now he's back to where he was. He looked he looked awesome. Um, the defense looked outstanding against a really good offense, by the way. So this isn't just an up and coming team. Um, Jacksonville technically is ahead of where Detroit was when we, you know, uh, coming into the year, they were already a playoff team ascending to be possibly higher than Detroit. Detroit's trying to make it in and make a name for themselves. Um, so to stop Jacksonville and look that way was, was incredible. I mean, if you compare Lawrence's game one stats to game two, it's night and day, right? Um, you know, he had a, he went from 75 completion percentage to 53 against us. Um, two touchdowns to zero. He had a pick last week. He didn't have a pick against us. Um, a, a rating of uh, almost 69. Um, he was sacked double the amount of times, and I think that's where it came, comes from, the pressure, man. You can get pressure on any quarterback. You make him look human. Yeah. Um, yeah, and not, not to mention, uh, the, the defenses looked this good against two high-caliber offenses. I mean, people forget Detroit, that's a top-five scoring last year, top-five in yards last year, and then Jacksonville, uh, towards the end of the second half of the season, they're one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and then we, we come out, and, you know, they don't score a touchdown against us. But then they, Zay Jones had two chances at it, just couldn't get it the, the second foot down. But then uh, you talk about what's that? <laughs> and Ridley at the end. And Ridley, yeah, that was that was a rough one. Um, yeah. But then, and then you look at what we're playing Chicago next week. I mean, a lot of people thought we were going to go. There were some experts out there who thought we were going to go zero and two once we lost Detroit. Like, oh yeah, they're not they're not beating Jacksonville. But anyway, you, you got Chicago next week, so that should be a get right game for the offense. I think defense should can come out. To, Based the way Justin Fields and Chicago is looking right now, that might that we might break the all-time sack record in that, in that game based on the way that things are going. Uh, but yeah, couldn't agree more. Jerry Sneed looked like uh, back to old uh, Lejerry Sneed, which was, it was it was night and day compared to the way he played last week against Detroit. Um, so obviously that was the good, the defense uh, looking phenomenal. Um, I don't know if there's any any other guys you want to talk about. Carlotta's looking like a beast so far through the first oh, two games. You do great. That bend on that rush was awesome. Um, Jones looked like he came to camp. Uh, um, I mean, look, look, dude, look, the defense looked really, really good. They looked really on it. Yeah. Spags is, uh, while the offense, we could talk, we're going to talk about the coaching uh, offensively, but like Spags has his guys going, he has his guys humming right now. And like, he does. but the t- we're, we're one and one because of Spags, almost yeah. two and zero oh because of Spags so far. They're um, young, they're locked in, they're confident and they're coached really well. And they're just executing exactly how he wants them to. And he's calling good games. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. He's really making use of everybody. Mike Dana, uh, Carl Lavis, even uh, King Felix, the rookie. A lot of people thought he was going to be yeah. impactful. So far, he's making a big impact um, with this yeah. defense. Um, I will say that the, the Brian Cook I take down, I, I hope he's well. But that, I don't know how they didn't call it offensive uh, pass interference on that. I mean, he, Zay Jones cl- jumped on his back and drove him into the ground. I don't know how they didn't call anything on that. Hey, um, yeah, Zay Jones made a good play on the ball. I'll give him that. Um, did he? I mean, 
the attempt, he, he wrote his back. I, I wish uh, Watson would have uh, tried to attack the ball the way he attacked the ball on, the, on that long pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Justin Watson shouldn't be our uh, shouldn't be our leading receiver, and he shouldn't be getting as many targets as he is. But that's we're gonna get into the offensive side of things right now. So, obviously, play calling uh, was hasn't looked. But we've been out of sorts, out of rhythm. Last week, everyone chalked it up to oh, Kelsey's not there. But once he comes back, offense is gonna be right back to what it was. No, there's no rhythm to it. There's no flow. Uh, first half, Pacheco had one carry. It was on the first play, too. One carry for Pacheco. I know. And what happened second half? We actually started running the ball with him. I think we finished with 12 carries from Pacheco. So yep. we had 11, 11 second half uh, carries. What happens? The offense actually looked we were decent. We were actually moving the ball. So I don't I don't understand. So, like, my, my question is uh, a lot of people out here were talking about something like going back to last year, the whole EB thing. And I see in the chat people were talking about bringing back EB. But last year, like, when EB would do his thing, it would be like, and we had bad games. People would blame it on EB. We need to get rid of EB. We need to get rid of EB. We have good games. It's oh, it's Andy calling the plays this week. I mean, this year and now it's the conversation has changed. It's not no longer EB. It's a it's a it's a naggy thing. It's like oh man, naggy sucks. Why you know that's why I got fired in Chicago. It looks like the Bears offense. And then we're playing we're we're playing the EB game now on naggy, which is kind of unfair because like if it's Andy calling plays or is it not Andy calling plays? Because you can't have it one or the other. When we look good, it's Andy. When we look bad, it's one of the OCs. It's kind of a cop out. Uh, but let's talk about the um just like the the offense as a whole. Um and we talk play calling. Um who who do you think is to blame for the play calling? If we're talking about Andy Reid and Matt Nagy right now because a lot of people are giving Nagy the, the crap for, for this. They're they're having him down the sword of how bad the offense looks right now. I mean no matter who the coordinator is when you have a coach um with the reputation of Andy Reid it's gonna have to it's gonna have to be really blatant. Andy, Andy's gonna have to like announce the play out loud to say he called it to get blame for a lot of that stuff. Um, when we had bad plays, EB got blamed. When we have good plays, most of the time Andy got the the uh, the call, you know, the blame, the positive blame for it. Um, so I, I don't. It's hard to get into that because I just don't know who's the one actually making the calls. Um, I do know that aside from play calling, I think some of it has to again fall on Patrick. Um, I think he has to make better decisions out there. I think, again, that deep ball to Watson was just a stupid throw. And, yeah, granted, Watson could have came back for it a little more or tried jumping and fighting for it. But you shouldn't be throwing Watson balls like he's Randy Moss. Like, that's just not, you know. <laughs> and, and it's something we knew going into the year because, you know, I think last year at a record low of deep balls thrown, teams are taking it away. They're making you drive down the field on them. They have confidence in their defense. They think, okay, we want to see you pull on a long drive and 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 score a touchdown here without going deep. Um, you have to be patient. You have to be willing to get through the drive, be efficient, not get penalties, which 12 for 94 is not going to happen. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of it, too. Whenever we started to get a little momentum and get into a rhythm, we had a penalty call on us a lot. Um, even fumbles that we got back. Like, yeah, it's not a turnover. But that one Tony fumble where he lost like five to six yards, that stuff hurts, dude. That's a gut punch. Um, that's a loss of down and a penalty pretty much. So that, that, that stuff really hurts. Um, as far as play calling, my biggest specific issue was just no carries in the, in the first half. Mahomes led our team in carries in the first half. Um, that just shouldn't be happening. Uh, if Pacheco um, has torn up Jacksonville since he's been playing him. Um, he's averaging 6.1 a carry off 44 carries in three games against them. Um, so he's ripped them up, dude. And I, I'm, I've never, I'm, admittedly, I'm, I've never been 
the biggest Pacheco believer, but he, he he roasts them. When you have a clear advantage, I'm just a huge proponent of exploiting the edge you have against a team. And and if our run game works, and Pacheco gets going against Jacksonville, keep giving him the ball. Yeah, I, I know Andy wanted to come in and get the young receivers involved. I know he wanted to do that. And you can do that. There's there's a balance to all that, right? You can do that while playing off the run and then play off the pass. H- have them work together. You don't have to just go so deep into one and just totally lose sight of an, uh, a running offense. Yeah, I think Pacheco, and I like first drive, three and out. Second drive, he came out and actually made it a point to get Kadarius Tony the ball. Now, after that drive, there was kind of like a lull where we like really weren't doing crap at, at all. And I was like, what are we doing? Or we're not, it's like random, like Mahomes is chucking, uh, stepping back, is chucking bombs to like Justin Watson or like MBS again. Uh, the guy is making a lot of money and he just can, continues to disappear. It's like well, every other game, he's just like not, not there. Even last week, two targets. Not a, you shouldn't be getting a guy who's making 13 million a year should not be uh, having two targets, okay, and coming away a, a game with, with that without a catch. Yes, it's, it's rough. Um, and, you know, and I, I like the young guys. We have Sky Moore stepped up today. Canary's Tony looked good and when he was targeted. Um, even got a little carry at the end of the game, too. But, yeah, I, I just don't understand. And, again, it's always been Andy Reid's MO, not being able to get – not run the ball enough. We're just going away from it, just going to being a pass-happy guy. But, like, one carry at halftime. I like, I, And I'm glad we figured it out. I'm glad we won the game. But, like, ele- I mean, it shouldn't take, like, to go all or nothing. Like second half, you give them the ball eleven times, but like one carry in the first half, and on the first play, what were they seeing? To just go away from it altogether. It's just very. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it, it's brutal. I I don't understand it. it. It was, I mean, you saw how like juiced up Pacheco was at the end too, and and just showed you like give me the friggin' ball. That's what I got from him stomping around the way he was. It was like about time, dude. Give me like three carries in a row for the first time all game. Like where's this been? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, um, but by the way, MBS on on one of those uh, on that catch did his best D Rob impression of going backwards. Yeah, I mean that was what. Yeah, yeah someone made a comment on Twitter it was like uh, number. I guess the number eleven thing because like, as if I didn't miss that at all. <laughs> I mean, I know. So uh, one of the stories, obviously, play calling big story, but one of the other stories of the game was obviously right tackle. Um, after Juwan Taylor is probably the most talked about right tackle in NFL history on social media last year or last week um, with his, uh, his false starts and his alignment, all that stuff. And NFL was going to crack down on alignment this week. Um, seems like they made a point of emphasis to go at Juwan Taylor. I know he had two holding calls in the game, um, but you know, the, the false start um, and then also legal procedure. Uh, he was his alignment. And then they just they pull him out in the middle of a drive. I think uh, was it Mitchell Schwartz uh, went on Twitter and said he's never seen anything like that before. Where in mid game they just pull a guy out, went back in, obviously finished the game at right tackle. Um, but what do you what do we, what do we make of uh, of this situation with uh, Juwan Taylor? Are we like is he just going to be the most expensive? I mean, is there a chance? Can we see a world where we go where Prince is our starting right tackle? And Juwan Taylor becomes the, the most expensive right tackle in NFL history. I mean, is there a world where you could see that down the road if this continues? So I did a little background, right? Juwan Taylor was called for three false starts in 2021 and three false starts and zero illegal formations last year. He's already met or surpassed all of those this season in two games. So, I'm all for calling fair penalties. I know a lot of people sit online. All the penalties that were calling him were all reasonable. They were all fair. They were correct calls. That's cool. 
but you can all, I mean, like I have the Sunday ticket. It's great. You get the, the four games on one TV. I didn't see, I didn't see egregious calls on, on, on false starts at all. I certainly didn't see it in the Lane Johnson Eagles game on Thursday. So if you're going to make it a point of emphasis, that means across the league, not the guy that you miss calls on opening night. I just think that's, I think that's wrong. They, they were uh, the the verbiage where the NFL came out. It wasn't false starts. It was alignment. They were going to be cracking down on alignment. They were not cracking down on false starts. They were cracking down on alignment. So the illegal procedure type stuff. Uh, but Doug Peterson before our game said that he thinks the NFL has been notified about specifically about Juwan Taylor. So, uh, um, I mean, it was. I think I don't know what was a bigger deal off the opening night game, the false starts or the uh, you know uh, illegal formation. Uh, they were both being talked about like crazy uh, after that Lions game. Um, but I, I just – I don't see how you're not called for it once last year and all of a sudden you're called for it now, but I get it. Um, I think it's way too early to bench him. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, I, I He has a lot more coaching. He needs a lot more coaching for someone you signed to such a crazy deal. Um, you usually don't expect a guy like that to get that kind of money and then come in and t- after week two, after being benched in mid series saying, Oh, you know, our guys will get him right. But that's not, that's not ideal. That's um, those guys are expected to come in and mentor how other guys play the position better. And, and if you think back, we wanted this guy to be our left tackle at one point. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, something. I mean, I'm not going to start going to Smith because he's got his own problems too. But my goodness, that that, that would have been a disaster. Um, I do think, however, going back to something you said earlier, and this, I think if Chris Jones wants money, he needs to. We need to bill uh, MBS and uh, Juwan Taylor for next year's salary. That's what we need to do. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, someone in the chat said, I think we, um, I think uh, what's his name, Juwan Taylor needs to take a pay cut. Um, yeah, they need to do some kind of restructuring or some sort because this kind of play, and if the NFL is going to crack down this stuff, then any, 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 and these are legitimate penalties, then yeah, I, I think, uh, someone needs to take a pay cut here because, um, yeah, or restructure the money somehow. Because if you're just looking at play, obviously, we've said this from that, I've been one of the big proponents of keeping Chris Jones around, but like, yeah, uh, he deserves his money and coming out in the way he played. And I don't know, it's because he's got a chip on his shoulder and he heard all the noise everyone was talking about the last few weeks of him holding out. Chris Jones played like a man possessed uh, today. Um, he usually plays like that, but like I think it's an added thing. But when we're talking about wanting to save money, when you look at Jawan Taylor's play, when you look at MVS's play and their pay, how much they're getting paid, it's like, well, I thought we cared about like saving all our pennies to, to, to pay the guys that we need to, to keep in here. And Chris Jones is, is definitely that. And like Jawan Taylor, the money he's making, a lot of people were appalled by the contract he got. And this is the guy's being benched in the middle of a game. Obviously, it wasn't for the for the whole game. And I'm sure when Andy has his presser, I'm sure it's going to be talking about, oh yeah, he had a he had a little stinger. We had to take him out for a second. It's going to be some BS like that. It wasn't, oh yeah, we wanted to bench him just to make make things clear to him. No, like you got benched in the middle of a game, and you have NFL uh, former NFL tackles going online saying they've never seen anything like that before. That's a big deal. It's a giant red flag. Um, I know we, we've had we had Prince uh, last year. Prince got some playing time last year. He actually looked pretty good in one of the games he came in. I think it was the yeah. I want to say it was the Bengals game last year. He came in, looked pretty solid. Um, I thought we were gonna. I thought when we signed Juwan Taylor, I thought it was like, we were gonna keep. Him. I thought because at first he was gonna go to left tackle, and we were gonna be, end up having uh, Prince or uh, one of the other guys, Canard, um, uh, uh, compete for the right tackle spot or Niang. Yang, yeah. But then we ended up signing Don Smith, keeping Juwan Taylor at right tackle. But like Prince is a guy who can. He was dominant at, Al- at Auburn. 
I mean, he's a he's a solid tackle, and I'm interested. He's obviously a hard worker. I'm interested to see what happens with Jawan Taylor. If he continues to do this, these penalties, the holding, the false starts, all this stuff, legal, legal procedures, we might see a world where Prince, I can't pronounce his last name, the, the Prince is going to be uh, starting a right, um, right tackle for us. I mean, I'm sure at some point someone's going to go to Taylor and say, he's not as good as you are, but at least we don't go backwards when he's in the game. Like, I don't care how good of a blocker you are. If you never get a chance to even get to the blocking part of it, then who cares? Because between your legal formations and, and false starts, uh, legal procedure and false starts, we're going backwards every time you're, you're in there. We just can't get a playoff, dude. You have to come off, you know? Consistent drive killers, man. Like that's, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Consistent. We had a lot killers. of those today. We had a lot of drive killers today. Consi- consistently. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like we had more turnovers because of that, actually. I was like, wait, we only actually had we had two fumbles lost and a pick, right? That was it? Mm-hmm. It seemed like a lot more. I know we had a lot of fumbles that we recovered, but yeah. Yeah, the Watson fumble, the Richie James fumble, Mahomes pick. I, I can't remember anything else. Yeah, yeah, that was it. We had a couple, I think, other fumbles, but we got them back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so – the question is, we all thought that once Travis Kelsey came back, this is one thing that everyone's talking about right now. The offense, obviously, we've kind of mentioned it, but like Kelsey's back. Obviously, Kelsey's going to take a while for Kelsey, maybe a few weeks to get to become normal Kelsey. I mean, it's kind of amazing. The guy scores a touchdown, but like, yeah, we're saying he's not normal yet. He's not like back to his normal self. Um, and yeah, two uh, unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalties from Kelsey, too. He had a little chip on his shoulder. And there was a, multiple times during the training camp where he got into fights with spa- and spats with guys uh, in, our, in our own team. He's coming out against the old team. As he gets older, he's uh, getting more uh, yeah, a little feisty as he gets older. But um, are you concerned about the offense long-term? Because week one, we chalked up to Kelsey not being there. Week two, and obviously a lot of drops. Week two, offense doesn't look well. Kelsey's back. There weren't that many drops today. Um, just a lot of three and outs. A lot of the offense is not looking good. A lot of drive killers. And a lot of drive killers. Yeah, but like, that, that, that I mean, that, that, that kind of, you know, and also once the second half, we started running the ball a little bit and actually had more of an old balance. We looked good. That was like that tied to the play calling aspect. But are you concerned about the offense as we go forward? Or do you think little by little, the younger guys will start to really get it? They'll click. Kelsey will get back to his old Kelsey ways so, uh, once he's not dealing with this injury anymore. Um, we actually maybe establish a running game now that we saw it worked. Are you concerned? A lot of people are concerned online. And I think – once this offense gets together, because I think it will happen, I'm not concerned about it. Once this offense does get together, with the way that defense is looking, the sky's the limit for this team because this could be the most dangerous Chiefs team we've had in a long time. Once the offense gets clicked together and synced up, because this defense is the real deal, Holyfield on the other side. Um, I'm not concerned. I I know the classic line is I'm not concerned. We have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm not going to say that, but Mahomes is like a machine. Like he he adjusts so well to what's being thrown at him. And I feel like week one was really odd because we lost Kelsey at such a late stage in preparation, pretty much like right before the last practice was done, right before the first game. I'm sure through off prep, it throws him off for sure. Cause that's his, you know, safety valve. So I think it took him a little while to adjust of, to adjust to life without Kelsey for one game. And then almost coming, cause he adjusted that you come back in and you're kind of readjusting again back to having you, okay, what are we doing? I'm not force-feeding Tony anymore. I'm not force-feeding Sky. Like, now we just go back to a normal offense again. I feel like it took us to half to really settle in. And then the second half, we look really good. Um, 
I want to see how we look against straight up bad defenses. I want to see how we look first half of next week. That will tell me a lot too. We can use this to, to carry over and continue how we looked in the second half. Um, but it's funny. You say, Oh, what, what do we do differently? We ran the ball a lot more. I mean, we had seven rushes for first down. Jackson only had one. Right. And they have, they have three first downs to penalty. Uh, we had, we had zero. So it's like, we didn't get that much help. We lost a penalty battle. We still overcame all that, had more yards per, per play. Um, we looked really good at sometimes this game. We just looked really bad at other times. But I think if you took away those penalties, like half the penalties, some of those drive killers wouldn't be drive killers, and we probably would have scored 24 or 31 or 24 or 27, which is I, I thought we were going to be more around that number, the 27 number. Um, so I'm not worried about the low scoring so far from us because the yards are there. I just feel like we need to get rid of some of these stupid penalties and just, just dumb football plays, really. I agree. Um, last topic before we head out of here, uh, special teams been a topic, been a hot topic for the last two years. Um, we thought we had our punt returner, but it's funny when we signed oh. Richie James, when we, when we signed Richie James in the offseason, Giants fans, and obviously you're always going to see that. When, you, when we sign guys, I always like to look at the other team's fans, see if they're pissed off about the guy leaving or if they're happy about a guy leaving. Richie James is one of those guys where Giants fans were like, not that they didn't really care. They, they, they were actually like, good luck with his muff punts. Um, you don't want him to returning punts for you. And what happens? He fumbled a, a punt today. And I, you know, looking at it, I mean, he's a career. I mean, he's, he's a return man. Like that's what he's done his entire career with the 49ers. But when the Giants fans were like, yeah, good luck with that. You're going to, you're going to love that. Second game of the year. I mean, last week that we couldn't get we, punt coverage is awful. He couldn't do anything. He was he was fielding them beautifully, and he was good. He wanted to return all of them, even with the defense right in his face. Um, yeah. But like today, we saw uh, what the Giants fans had warned us about. Are you worried about Richard James's our punt returner? Do you think we need to find another guy? Do you want to do the whole punt, punt returner carousel like we did last year? What do you What do you think? I'd say we're I'm like six and a half. Out of ten, worried. I'm not. I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not. I'm not like real. I'm not like. It's not code red for me. Um, I don't like where it's headed. Uh, that was a stupid play. Um, he almost had a fumble last week. I mean, yeah, he was down, but like, I don't want to be even close with my guy. You know what I mean? I want. Um, and they were they had, like as they said in the game, they were punting him balls, so he and and, and kicking him off so he could return them. They wanted him to return them because I think they feel like. They know going into this, by the way, these special teams coaches, what his history is. Oh, yeah. They know he's fumbled a million times. So oh, yeah. they're going to keep punting him and kicking him the ball. They're going to make his ass return it. So oh, yeah. we're going to see if he can hold on to the ball. Um, a couple more of these and we're yeah, we're done. Look, if we're, <laughs> they need to go to him and be like, Richie, uh, you saw how much we just go look up uh, Juwan Taylor's contract and see what we just paid him. We yanked him mid-drive. Yeah. Okay. What do you think we're gonna to do to you if you lose our ball one more time? Yeah. <laughs> and, and offensively, he had, he had a he had a drop. Um, talking about drive kills, he, he had a drop, which I know uh, Charles yep. Davis was like, oh, it's not an easiest catch, dude. It was the bread basket. I know you need to come back for it a little bit, but that was in the bread basket, bro. You need to catch the. Um, yeah, uh, I say obviously if we if he has another muff punt next game, then obviously we should be concerned. Uh, but like for right now, as long as you field them and like you know don't don't run backwards, just you know be solid. Don't muff anything. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. 
I trust our offense so much that we don't really need to have like a, bo- a boost, Dante Hall back there. We just need to have a guy who feels yeah. the punts, doesn't muff them. I don't care. Fair catch every time. I don't care. Just don't muff it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come back to that issue if it happens again. But I think for right now, let it let it go. But he has a history of it. That's that, that's the concerning part. It's not like he's no. never done it before. So that's, that's scary. It's scary. But all right. Well, guys, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to a Chief Concerns postgame rapid reaction show on Bleacher Report. Um, for more, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for a Monday Gray Report show with uh, former Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn. Uh, he's going to go into his breakdown of all the grades for the game today. Um, it's called the Monday Morning Tight End Show. And then Wednesday, we'll be back for a midweek of the preview of week three against the Chicago Bears. It's going to be a, a fun one. It should be a route. Um, and then uh, we'll have our own show, Chief Concerns. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, uh, also, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Guys. Hope you guys enjoy the W. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the slate of games for the for tonight and four o'clock. See you guys next time. Later, guys. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.